Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome back. We're continuing with Ori Yisrael over here, coming to you live from Summerton, Philadelphia, in our community, Kyle over here. And we uh, started yesterday, Michtav Ches. Michtav Ches, we see, has some um, frightening ideas. Rabbi Yisrael is establishing some of his well-known his well-known principles over here. And he started with an idea that uh, everyone has access to, that's Lefum Tzar Agra, that the schar for the mitzvah is commensurate to the inconvenience, so to speak, the pain that a person has to put into a mitzvah. So a mitzvah that comes with much more effort, you get a lot more schar for. That, that's, uh, everybody knows that. Rabbi Yisrael, though, says with the Averis, when it comes to the Averis, the opposite is true. Meaning, what do you get punished for when you do an Avera? You get punished for submitting, giving into the Avera, for disobeying, for failing to resist the temptation. That's what the punishment is for. I had a temptation. I had an Nisayan. Hashem made it very clear what He wants me to do. I was supposed to resist that temptation, not give in to the Nisayan. I failed to resist. I failed to resist. Now you have to get punished for such a thing. You can't disobey God and get away with it. It can't be consequences, repercussions. The person has to get an einish because he disobeyed the Rebbeinu Shalom. But here we say, Lufum tsara einish. According to the tsar is determined the level of the einish, and here it works the opposite way. The hainu, the more difficult it was for me to resist, the more tsar, so to speak, that I experienced in being tempted by that Avera is going to make it less of an Avera. It's less of a Merida. It's less of a wrongdoing. Less of a rebellion against the Rebbeinu Shalalim because it was more tempting. It was more difficult. There was more Tsar. It's therefore less of an act of disobedience, less of a failure to resist. When there's less Tsar in resisting, when it's easier to do the right thing, easier to resist. Easier to listen to the Rebbe Yisraelim. And yet you do the Aveir, nevertheless, there's going to be more of an Aveira. Less Tsar means more of an Aveira. Less Tsar means more of an Einish. Less Tsar means more of a rebellion. So you can have two Aveiras, says, says Rabbi Yisrael, that look exactly the same on the surface, that to our eye, looks like the guy did the same exact thing on Sunday as he did on Monday. Same Avera two days in a row back to back. Yet, the struggle could have been very different. The mindset that he was in, the mood, the situation could have been totally different one from the other. And based on that, one will be an Avera that could be a thousandfold worse and then the other one will get a thousand times more of a punishment because it was a thousand times easier to resist. The other one was in a bad place, bad state, more tempting, pressure from within, from without... <clears throat> <laughs> and he succumbed, of course he succumbed, it was much harder to resist, it's less of an affair. So this is Rabbi Yisrael's Yisrael, and he's going to continue with this, build on this, and, and, and take this into even more, let's see, chilling realms. Umizeyus Bainin, we're up to the paragraph that begins Umizeyus Bainin, this is uh, five paragraphs in over here, Michtav Ches, from this a person can, can understand. Imiten libay ledavar, lahamik bahetiv. If he really gets into it, pays attention, and delves into the core of, 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 this, of this matter that we're discussing. How great, a, a typical Einish is for any Avera. 
when he goes ahead and does what the Torah told him not to do, or even refraining from doing something the Torah told him to do. The Averis come in two different forms. There's Averis to the Kumba Asay and Sheva Altase. An Averis that I got up and I did something the Torah told me not to do. Or an Averis where the Torah told me to do something and I didn't do it. I failed to do it. Torah says, learn Torah. I failed to learn Torah. Torah says, give Tzedakah. I failed to give Tzedakah. Torah says, say Kriya Shema time. I failed to say Kriya Shema time. That's an Averis that comes through inaction. Then they have Averis that come through action. Kishi is binding. The reason he's breaking it down is sometimes one is again he's establishing this principle that it's, it's, the, it's the temptation, the resistance factor, the tsar that determines the nature of the avera. Um, avera that comes through inaction is quite frightening because many times in avera that, that I just failed to do this would have been very 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 easy to do. Now how hard is it to uh, you know if you to put on tefillin? How hard is it to just say three paragraphs before the right time in the morning? And I didn't do it. I was lazy. I wasn't in the mood. I was, I was, uh, couldn't be bothered. Was it very difficult? Was there a lot sour in the way? That could be very, very, very serious and a very shrek l'cha'inish. So, says Rabbi Yisrael, Keshi yisbaidim ba'atayra api adin ha'masura lanu me'agamaru paiskin. When we investigate the matter, we dwell on the matter, based on what do we have been taught and told in the Gemara and the paiskin, ad heichen chiyuva magas l'kaimon. Just under what circumstances a person is still obligated to keep this mitzvah, refrain from doing this avera, not be over the avera. You're still saying, again, the 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 bar is set in shaz and paiskim of, of how much I'm supposed to push myself to do mitzvahs and to not do avera. He's referring to, um, he's referring to um, Chazal's own. <clears throat> Parameters of uh, at what point do we say that there's just so much difficulty involved in doing this mitzvah? I'm from the mitzvah. There's so much difficulty involved in 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 in, in um, avoiding this avera. <clears throat> I'm putter from the avera. At what point do we say that? Again, an avera can come from failing to do a mitzvah or actually doing an avera. So what he's referring to is the Gemara gives us shiurim. How much does a person have to, let's say, I have a mitzvah to shake lulav and esrig. If I fail to shake lulav and esrig, so you get an aveir for that. Torah says shake lulav and esrig, and I decide not to. How far does the Torah expect you to go out of your way to do it? Shake lulav and esrig, put a mezuzah on your house, put on tefillin. Let's say, you know, I look into, I do some research. Mezuzahs are very expensive these days. There's a mezuzah shortage, Right? Again, we heard this from Reb Shmuel. I have to ask uh, Tzal. He said... He, Who is the misunderstood? Mis- 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 misunderstood. Maybe mis- I don't know. There's a safer shortage. Okay. But uh, let's say, you know, tefillin are not cheap. Tefillin are not cheap. Uh, I do some research. Like, ah, I spend so much money. I spend $2,000 on tefillin. That's a lot of money, you know. It's not a small amount of money. You know what? I'll find another mitzvah that I connected. I'll, 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 I'll um, you know, do the mitzvah of... Um, of my uh, machreinim, focus on that one. My machreinim, that'll be my mitzvah. Tefillin is too expensive. So, how much does a person have to spend to do mitzvahs? A fifth of your total estate. That's right. Ar So, if a yid is mamish, uh, you know, cannot afford that lulav and esrig, and that lulav and esrig is going to be is going to cost him more than a fifth of the total amount that he has to his name, then he's potter. 
that point, the Torah says, you're not chayv to be mitzvah yourself to fulfill a mitzvah more than a fifth of what you have. That much tzar you don't have to do, then you can talk or sit back and not do it. Anytime a mitzvah is going to cost you 20%, more than 20% of your total assets, you're part of the mitzvah. What about an Avera? How much money do you have to spend to not do an Avera? What point do we say, I'm part of this Avera because it's going to cost me too much money? There's no limit. You have to spend all your money to not do one Avera. So listen to what you saw setting up over here. <clears throat> the Torah expects me, how much sar does the Torah expect me to invest to not break one Avera? Everything. Meaning, yeah, a person has to let his house burn to the ground before he puts, puts out the fire. Think about it. Putting out a fire on Shabbos is the Malacha Daraisa. I, but if I don't put out the fire, my entire house is going to burn down the ground with all my possessions, my cash is in the house, and my jewelry, my valuables, everything is there. I'm going to lose my entire house. And you're telling me that, 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 that's more important to the Torah than me just taking a bucket of water. I could put it out right now and I'll save my whole house. Torah says, yes, you're chayv to let your house burn down to the ground rather than do one act of Chilol Shabbos. One act of Chilol Shabbos. You have to spend all your money not to do one act of Chilol Shabbos. So what's he setting up over here? What he's setting up is that what's the tsar that the Torah expects me to be mitzar? The inconvenience and the discomfort that the Torah expects me to put myself into to not do, to avoid one of Eira? It's, 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 um, has, has no limit, has no sheer, has no sheer. I have to spend all the money in the world to not do one Avera. Um, so where's he, what's he doing with that? Where's he going to go with that? Um, to resist the inconvenience that will come as a result of fulfilling that mitzvah. We're talking about a positive. It has to be that if you do the Avera, you, you, you have to necessarily get an Einish, a punishment that's greater than the convenience that you saved by not doing the Avera. Although we're going to get, let's, let's keep reading. We're going to return to this in a moment, expand on this. With regards to the inconvenience that you would have had if you would have done the mitzvah. The punishment is always there to be directly correlating to the Avera. And the Einish therefore has to exactly be commensurate to what I gained by doing the Avera. The Einish has to in, in, encompass and incorporate into itself the punishment, what I gained as a result of doing the Avera. The convenience, in other words, that I saved, and the inconvenience that, um, on the flip side, that that would have been been um, personally suffered and absorbed by by um, not doing the avera. The einish again is going to have to outweigh the. <clears throat> the the um, the convenience and whatever it is that I gained from 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 uh, avoiding the commandments. So after a person realizes this and takes this into account that um, 
you know, look how difficult it's going to be for me to do the Avera. And, and, um, <clears throat> I'm, for, if, I'm sorry, for me to do that mitzvah. If I, if I, um, break the Avera, if I, if I disobey and I do that Avera, <clears throat> I'm going to gain on the matter. The einish that I receive is still going to have to, though, in, in, incorporate into itself a, a now discomfort with regards to the comfort that I gained from the Avera. Based on this, his einish will now increase multifold and manifold. <clears throat> That's the end of this paragraph. Let's stop for a moment. A lot has to be spoken out over here. He's, he's saying two things. He's building off of what we saw yesterday, and he's taking it a step further. He's saying that it's true that on the one hand, <clears throat> there's the Lefum Tzara Agra principle when it comes to the Avera. And the same way by the mitzvah, the reward for the mitzvah is based on how difficult it was for me to do the Avera. The mitzvah, and I did it nevertheless. Whereas in Avera, we do say that in Avera, the etzim act of rebellion has to be measured by how hard it was for me to resist rebellion. Okay? That's what we said yesterday. And I do an Avera, it's an act of rebellion against the rebellion, and I have to be punished for that. How much do I get punished for that? That depends on, on um, how hard it was for me to resist. It was very hard for me to resist. It's less of a rebellion. It was easy for me to resist. It's much more of a rebellion. The Bishol now threw another idea here in, into this. <clears throat> um, he's throwing another idea in here. And that is, the Avera has to be examined in two different aspects. There's two different time frames, two different brackets that we have to take into account when we look at the Avera and what I did wrong. There is the, <clears throat> add some act of the Avera itself, what I did wrong, the rebellion, let's call that the rebellion, the gufashal Avera, the Maisa Avera, the chet of the Avera itself, wherein I did something wrong. And then, there's the dividends, the payers, the profits. What did I gain from the Avera? What did I now walk away with as a result of doing that Avera? So everybody here, there's two different aspects of the Avera that have to be taken into account. And here's where, again, things go from frightened to chilling. And Rabbi Yisrael is trying to really sober us up. It may be <clears throat> that when it comes to the actual rebellion itself, where the Avera is determined by the rebellion, and the rebellion is determined by the temptation, and the temptation is determined by the difficulty of resistance, it's true, it may be a low-level rebellion, because it was very hard to resist. But what about the after-effects of the Avera? What if, for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years, I'm now profiting from that Avera? Even though it was an easy, it was a difficult Avera to resist, now I'm making dividends from that Avera. Says Rabbi Yisrael, the einish that you get for the Avera is going to have to outweigh all those dividends. This is a famous principle from Rabbi Yisrael. You can't profit off of Averas. There's no such thing. And all the revach that you get from the Avera, that's all included in the Avera, and the einish is ultimately going to have to outweigh all that <clears throat> because 
it's all a chilek of the Avera. And the Einish is setting, setting the record, setting, balancing the books of the act of the, 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 the Avera, of the prohibition of what the Rebbein Shem told me I'm not allowed to do. So just, you know, stelzuch for to, to um, appreciate what that means, to give an example or two. What does that mean? It means somebody, excuse me, starts a business, but he begins that business with stolen money. Money that, that wasn't supposed to be his. Or he starts off with a par- partner, and he kind of swindles his partner out of the business. He does some, some, some um, shady shady maneuvering, and he throws his partner out somehow. Or he starts a pizza shop, and he, through some shady maneuvering, you know, it's not, he needs a lot of capital to start a pizza shop. He needs the ovens, he needs the equipment, the supplies. He manages to get himself a pizza oven again in a, in a shady kind of way. <laughs> he looks the other way, doesn't ask too many questions, he gets a shady pizza oven. His business takes off. He becomes a grace of Gavir. He makes a lot, a lot of money through that pizza shop. But all founded on that original pizza oven that he got through through shady maneuvering. Zakhtar Bisral, when he gets up to Shemayim and he gets sent down to Gehenim, he's going to be sent down to the grace of pizza oven in Gehenim. He's going to have to pay off not just the shady maneuvering of how much is a pizza oven? I don't know, $1,000 pizza oven? Industrial, commercial, commercial pizza oven. I don't know how much pizza oven is. Much more than that. $5,000. $10,000. Commercial pizza oven. So he's not just going to have to pay off the $10,000 for that commercial pizza oven. Double. He's going to have to pay it not just double. All the profit that he made from that pizza shop that, was, that he had for 50 years, all of that has to be paid off now. He's going to be in that, that big pizza oven in Gehenim for a very, 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 very long time. The entire business was founded on Gezel. I was just one pizza oven, but all your profit came from that stolen pizza oven. And you can't make Rebach from an Avero. You can't profit from an Avero. And uh, they say, there's a famous seer that I, I heard from Rabbi Seinu, I think in the name of uh, Rebitzel of Petrovriger. He said, to illustrate this, Rabbi Yisrael, he said like this, he said, uh, there are circumstances within which um, a woman... Is not going to derab banon. That um, really, you know, she sure we don't know what happened to her husband, and we have edus that really she could rely upon to get remarried, but we, we to to uh, we're, we're afraid of nagius and this is a situation where you have an eid echad that eid echad wants to marry her himself, and and, and um, we we under certain circumstances we don't let the woman marry the person giving the testimony uh, about which. Let's say, say that, like, there's an Eid Echo that says her husband died. An Eid Echo that says her husband didn't die. So, Meikar Adin, I'm sorry, this is the way it goes. Meikar Adin, she's allowed to marry the Eid Echo that is testifying on her behalf. We have Trey Utrey. We have a Chadu Chadu Trey Utrey. Maybe it's one against one. There's a case in Yavamas. We have to ask the unit that we recently finished Yavamas. There's a case towards the end of Yavamas that goes along these lines approximately. I'm not saying the case exactly, but approximately. I remember Rabbi Sainu also said the case in a certain way. And there was somebody, there was a big time of Chacham, someone who knew Shaz, so a big bucky in Shaz, that right after Shir, he jumped on Rabbi Sein, who said that that's not the case in the Gemara. Now, she's really not allowed, even Maker, then she can't marry. He said, okay, all right, whatever, you know. 
he, uh, Rabbi Seinu didn't, didn't uh, pin down the case. So Rabbi Seinu said it approximately. I'm also going to say it approximately. There's an approximately the case in the Yavamis where a woman is not going to. Uh, she she's she. We don't know if she's permitted or not permitted to get mar- remarried. Her husband disappeared. We don't know if he's alive or dead. Okay. Uh, good is the one who's stuck. Who's stuck. Sometimes we use that term if the husband is around but he refuses to give her a get. We call that woman Naguna. Or if we don't know the whereabouts of her husband and she's stuck because of that, we call her Naguna. He ran away. Yeah. He ran, a- he ran away or he was in a-, a boat that sank. We don't know that he survived. Did he not survive? So there's a situation in Yuvamis where you have a conflict of interest. There's a, 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 a witness that says, no, your husband's dead. You're allowed to remarry. Another witness says, no, your husband's alive and well. I just saw him in Parks Casino yesterday. You can't remarry. So she's not allowed to remarry because we have a conflict, conflicting testimony. But Me'ikar Adin, she can marry the, the witness who claims that I know for sure your husband's dead. She's allowed to marry him. Because he's saying, I know your husband's dead. So she's allowed to marry that witness. But to other people, she... Uh, to other people, she can't. But that witness, she could... Speak, uh, yes, but then there, but there's a gzeira. Again, whatever the specific case is, in the approximate case, there is, in such a case, there's a gzeira, the chacham say, we don't let her do it. Nevertheless, she could marry this one witness. We, we don't let her do it. We don't let her do it. Midrab Baram. So Bitzalah said like this. He said... So let's, this woman, she's say, let's say this could happen to a woman at age 19. A 19-year-old a woman straight out of a Sheva Brachas, right? Something awful happened to the husband. I don't know, is he alive, is he dead? And she's, one age says, alive, one age says dead. And she's looking at, for the rest of her life, spinsterhood. Never going to get remarried, never going to raise a family, garnished. And she knows that with the rice, she could marry this aide. She could marry it. The Torah says she could, the, the guy who's testifying on her behalf. Midrabbanan, she can't. Midrabbanan, she's stuck. There's a, there's a serious temptation over here. She wants to have a life. She wants to have a family. She wants to, you know, um, be released from the situation. She's looking at 80, 90 years of, of uh, spinsterhood. So what's going to happen if, let's say, she tells herself, look, I'm allowed to marry this guy. No, the Torah says I'm allowed to marry. She runs off with him to another country. She gets a Masada Kedushin. She makes a Chasna. And she lives at the rest of her years now. She has kinderlach, she has eniklach, she makes brises, bar mitzvahs, chasanas. She has a health, a long, happy, fulfilled, productive life, bar Hashem. So it says Rebitzel, based on this to be so. But she was over at the Rabbanon. She broke at the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon says, you should not let her marry the guy. The Rabbanon, not at the rice, it wasn't the erva, chiv karis, no man, serious. The Rabbanon. When she gets to Shemaim, what's the oinish that she's going to have to have for breaking that one, the Rabbanon? We're going to have to compare those two lives side by side. The life that she was supposed to have, she would have listened to the Rabbanim, a bitter, lonely life of solitude, and, 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 and um, the, the, the imagine, imagine how embittered, angry this woman would be for, just, for 80, 90 years, knowing that because of this halacha she can't get married, take that life, and then compare it to the, what she built upwards from that, the happiness and the fulfillment, the satisfaction, the nachas, the anish that she gets in Ganem for that one is going to have to outweigh all of that nachas, all of that satisfaction, all of that simcha, and all of that happiness, because that is what the, that's the revach that she got from that one Avero. This is the aside here of Rabbi Yisrael. Frightening, chilling aside. And the bottom line is, because you can't make revach from an Avero. You can't make revach from an Avero. And taking that further, the idea behind that is, the the um, punishments 
punishments when it comes to the Torah are different than punishments, fundamentally different than punishments everywhere outside of the Torah. They're, outside the Torah, let's say in Western law, Western, any law, any system of law, any system of, of, of reward and punishment, of consequence, action and consequence, there is the law and there is the consequence. The rule and what happens when you break the rule. And they're two totally different systems. Very, very different systems. I broke a rule. Okay, but what's my consequence going to be? Well, you know, they'll give you this punishment, this punishment, that punishment. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll waive the punishment this time because they're two totally different systems and it can be arbitrary even sometimes. And it's certainly not fixed and it's certainly not established. Depends what court you go to, which judge you get, what mood that judge is in that day, what kind of lawyer you have, and so many other factors. There's the law and there's the punishment. In Yiddishkeit, the Einish and the, and, and, and the rule, the Chayk and the Einish are one and the same. The Einish is a property of the, the, the mitzvah, a property of the Chayk, a property of the Halacha. As the Einish is that void that's created, really, it's just me having to deal with the consequences of that void that I ripped that 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 black hole that I create in reality by doing the avera, and the bigger the repercussions from that avera, the bigger the black hole is. It's consequential. It's not. It's not. It's not um, reprimanding. It's not a deterrent punishments in Torah, and it's not um, punitive. It's consequential. It's consequential. Therefore, the Einish is always a function of the Avera itself, and the more the Avera is magnified through profiting off the Avera, the Avera itself is magnified. And again, someone that can do one little Avera, but it can snowball, and so who knows what. You have one dollar in your pocket that wasn't supposed to be yours, that one dollar creates profit and generates Hana that keeps on going. The Einish is going to have to be equal to that. Listen, you know, you buy a Kiddush cup, and, 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 and you, you do some backhanded negotiations or, or, or handling with the, the, the guy in, in the silver store, this Yid. You, you know, lie about how much money you have in your budget. You lie about how much money you're, you, 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 you know, make, make a whole case to get, 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 to get a, get a bigger discount than you really deserve to push him up against the wall. You make something up. All the hana that you get from that Kiddush cup for your entire career is going to, be, have to take in, be taken into account if person had any kind of shady business that went into acquiring it. It's like this for everything. So this is the frightening side of your soul that takes on chilling overtones and we will continue with the me- next uh, paragraph and the continuation of the Mikhtav tomorrow. I want you to have a wonderful today.